0: All right, welcome back to the big program. A lot of texts coming in. We'll get to one. Uh, Will Kay wanted, uh, he said, Kevin, finish your thoughts on Bell and the NHL TV rates coming up. We'll get to that in a second because it's an interesting dynamic with everything that has been happening uh time now for the puck report brought to you by fountain tire fountain tire is more than just tires they offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics visit fountain to see all the mechanical services that they offer as we welcome in jordan hall from nbc sports philadelphia jordan you're with kevin carrie's eddie Steele. welcome back to sports 1440
1: Thanks so much for having me. Always great to come on and chat with you guys.
0: Well, first of all, Jordan, and you're unaware of this, but you and Eddie are like brothers. You're like brothers because... Both long the, lost. Long lost brothers. Both of you in the last couple of weeks had all your wisdom teeth taken out. How'd it yeah. go for you, Jordan?
1: <laughs> uh, not bad, Eddie. Uh, I thought the procedure was nice and easy. Um But I'm actually still kind of like Still dealing with a little bit of soreness But I feel like I'm getting there I feel like it's healing how about you Oh
2: brother I'm in the same boat man (laughs) I'm in the same boat I'm still Struggling a little bit I had a couple Other procedures done all at once While I had my wisdom taken out So I just uh, I I had some Some dental work done yesterday Actually to get uh, a tooth that I had Extracted now I got something in there so I got my pretty (laughs) smile back at least But the one thing I remember The most Jordan was when I woke up because they put you out obviously to do the surgery for your wisdoms I just remember waking up in a hospital bed chair just shaking (laughs) so cold just so vulnerable and traumatized
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I I feel like they put me under and then a second later we were done and I had gauze just like stuffed (laughs) in my mouth it was kind of nice not really feeling or dealing with any of it but obviously afterwards it's kind of a longer recovery than I thought Hmm.
0: (laughs) Uh, Jordan Hall, NBC Sports Philadelphia, our guest, Kevin Carey, Sadie Steele. I don't know, Jordan, what, what do you make of this Flyers team? Going into the all-star break and it looked like the, you know, the ship was sinking, I think five losses in a row. Now a couple wins in a row still just hanging around and hanging around. What do you make of this team?
1: I think they're a team that's going to make it really interesting uh, for Danny Breyer all the way up until the March 8th trade deadline, but, they have 30 games to go, so we are well over half the season here for the Flyers, and, and they're in third place in the Metropolitan Division. They've gotten nine wins over top ten teams. I think they're very much a team that has exceeded expectations and a team that knows its identity at this point. So in the year's past, they had three double-digit losing streaks uh, before this season. This year, their longest losing streak – has been five games. So they've Mm -hmm. proven that they can kind of nip these skids in the bud for the most part and and, and respond well. And and they've responded out of the all-star break with two wins over Winnipeg and Florida teams in the top ten of the league. So I think it's a team that's going to be in it all the way down uh, the stretch drive here. And uh, they're looking more and more like a viable team that can, can make a playoff run. That's the way I've seen it.
0: With Carter Hart's situation, can this goaltending uh, kind of hang on and, and keep it together?
1: That was the biggest question to me coming out of the all-star break. Samuel Erson, who is now their new number one, he's a 24-year-old rookie, and this is his first full season in the NHL, and now suddenly he's being thrust into number one duties for a team now with expectations. And he had not played well before the break. He had lost his final four starts. His goals against average was over four and a half. His save percentage was well below 830. And I was wondering how far can Sam Harrison take them? And he has come out of the break and answered the bell. It looked like he needed a mental reset. Uh, And with nine days uh, without a game, he got that kind of reset. And he held the Panthers to one goal. He almost had a shutout last night against the Jets team that it should make the playoffs, I think. So I think Erson can be their guy. I think it's going to be important for the Flyers knowing when to spell him, when to get Cal Peterson a game, and when to not overwork Erson. Again, 24-year-old rookie who a couple years ago was limited to only five games in the AHL because of injury. So I think they need to be very cognizant of when to play Erson, when to get him a break. Um, when not to overwork them, and when to make sure Cal Peterson stays ready and and can give them good games as well.
2: Now, Jordan, I uh, saw the stat you put up, and you talked about it a little bit earlier here, uh, where the Flyers have nine wins over uh, top ten clubs across the league, and the Flyers actually have swept the Jets for the season (laughs) series, two games, uh, outscoring them 6-1. to So is this a case of the Flyers really more or less playing up to their competition? Uh, or what do you make of their season? Because they are sitting third in the Met right now in a in a playoff spot, um, but up and down more or less with the season. Do they play up and play down to their competition or how are they playing right now?
1: That's a great point. There are times where they, they are a culprit of that. Uh, there's times where they go up against a cup contending team and you're thinking, well, this could go the way we think it's going to go. And then they surprise. And then there's times where they have played down to the competition. They have a couple of losses to the Senators this season. Uh, They have a shootout loss to the Blue Jackets. So I think it's very much a team that's not a bona fide Stanley Cup contender, but a team that has a very good chance to make the playoffs, a young team um, that's still kind of figuring out exactly who it is. And that's a big emphasis for John Tortorella is he's trying to get them to focus exactly how they want to play consistently. He sees it in swings, and it kind of drives them nuts at times. Um, even their first game out of the break, they were they were awful in the first period against the Panthers, and everyone's thinking, well, maybe this team is not who we think it is. It's you know, it, it's it's a team that's going to fade down the stretch, and then they respond the next two periods and look like a real legitimate team. And Tortorella said to reporters there in Florida, he said he went into the locker room after, second, inter- after uh, second intermission he said are you blanking me are you bleeping me he's like guys if we play like that in the second period like do you understand how good we can be so he gets a little frustrated with the team because it's very up and down but I also think it's just a product of having a lot of players that are 25 and younger a lot of players that haven't really like, gone through this yet so you're going to see some swings but when the swings are high uh, the team's pretty good.
0: Jordan Hall, NBC Sports Philadelphia, our guest. Kevin Carrius, Eddie Steele at Sports 1440. Is it a given that Sean Walker is traded? And how much of a percentage would you put on Travis Konechny be, being moved here at the deadline? Well,
1: so I do think it's incredibly likely that Sean Walker will be traded. And that's a credit to him. He was very much a cap dump by the Kings when he arrived here in the all season in the um, Ivan Provarov trade. And he's having a career year. He has opened eyes. He's been a staple in the Flyers' second defensive pair. Uh, he earned power play time earlier this season. But they have three three defensemen, veteran defensemen on expiring contracts, and, and they promised the Flyers fans that they would make some rebuilding moves this year. They would try to gain draft capital this season – and really focus on the future. And Walker is a, an asset I think they need to cash in on, given they have a surplus of D, uh, and now three young defensemen that they want to feature here in and Zamola, Cam York, and Jimmy Drysdale. So Walker, I think they're going to get a lot of calls on, and I think they're going to have to cash in on that asset. Travis Konechny is a guy that I think if the Flyers were not doing what they were doing this season, they would look and think long and hard about Konechny, but. I believe in house they're starting to come around on the on the the fact that he can be a guy that they build this youth movement around. He's he's 26. He's a two-time All Star. He's a young uh, he's a, a smaller guy that just drives their engine. He's in people's faces. He fought last night. He had a Gordie Howe hat trick in the first period, and I believe they're thinking he's a guy they can build around now. So I think it's very unlikely they move Konechny at the deadline. If anything, I think they're starting to believe. They want to re-sign him at some point, give him an extension, and kind of make him the leader of this youth movement moving forward. Uh,
2: Jamie Drysdale, Jordan, that's our producer, the Duke. That's his favorite player.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's a man, 21-year-old defenseman. He's the youngest player on the Flyers roster right now. And the Flyers are excited about him. Obviously, the Flyers were forced to trade Cutter Gauthier, um, something no one saw coming. And definitely not a a great sign for their rebuild. I mean, Gauthier was arguably their top prospect, the guy that was supposed to be a foundation piece. He didn't want to play here for whatever reason that is. Uh, But the Flyers, I thought pivoted pretty well. They got a a 21 year old right-handed shooting defenseman that can move and move can pass the puck. And he's an excellent skater. So he's still a bit raw. I think defensively, they, they believe there's a lot of work to do there. But the fact that they were able to get a young player back in that trade and he's already making an impact, I think, is promising. I think fans are excited about him. Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, Jordan, appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, hopping on. Enjoy uh, the weekend. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be watching the Super Bowl. Have you got a a pick for Sunday or a team you're pulling for?
1: I'm going to go with the Chiefs, guys. I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say. (laughs) I just think Mahomes and Reed are – are kind of different beasts this time of year. I I'm, I don't think anyone should be betting against Mahomes at this point. But how about you? I, I'm here okay. to hear what you guys think. Eddie, Eddie's a football guy. Go yeah, ahead, Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, I resiliently have to agree with you. Or hesitantly, I should say, not resiliently. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you. Um... I don't want the Chiefs to win, but when we're talking about Patty Mahomes, uh, you really can't count him out ever in a game. Mm. And uh, I hope San Fran shows up. I hope their defense shows up. More importantly, their defensive line and creates pressure because we've seen that in Super Bowls. Good defensive pressure gets some quarterbacks off the rhythm. So we'll see if they can do that. Well, this morning, in the wee hours of the morning, someone pulled the fire
0: alarm at the San Francisco 49ers Hotel. So they had to leave. Oh boy. Yeah. So think about that. Someone from the Chiefs went in there and pulled. No, I'm
1: just <laughs> it's already started. Is that might I swing the odds. I'm sure <laughs> on the sports
0: uh, You never know. Could you imagine getting a half point because uh, the yeah. the Niners are not well rested? So
1: <laughs> that's right. You know,
0: I, I I'm probably siding with the Chiefs as well, but I just want it to be a good game. So.
1: Likewise. I'm all for the entertainment of a good game. I hope it's close.
0: Jordan, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk soon. Uh, Have a great weekend.
1: Thanks so much, guys. and Eddie, great to hear that your procedures are going well. Uh, Thanks (laughs) for having me, guys, and look forward to doing it again soon.
0: Heal up. Uh, That's Jordan Hall, NBC Sports Philadelphia, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. When we come back, we're gonna circle back and talk a little football both nfl and a little cfl with dave Naylor from tsn he's down in vegas for the super bowl but uh, obviously keeping tabs as well with a ton of signings i guess and free agency is there really free agency the way it works yeah, anymore i, I know, mean you know just stop it already yeah <laughs> so,
2: what's the, the charade yeah you know the communication but, window now and then you know whatever Dave's smart guy though mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, it'll be nice to
0: pick his brain that's coming up right after the break. Carrier Steele, Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 820 in Edmonton. And time now for our headliner of the day. Brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners. And our pumped sports talk radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. As we welcome in Dave Naylor from TSN. Dave, good morning. You're with Kevin Carey and Great Cup champ Eddie Steele. Welcome to Sports 1440. Good morning.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. You weren't the guy that pulled the fire alarm at the uh, hotel for the <laughs> Niners this morning, were you?
3: I was certainly not. One of my goals in a media career uh, is never to be the news at an event. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I actually was reminded this. I was, was that this before the Bill Steelers playoff game. I went down to just the field level to just kind of check out the wind, you know, because that stadium, it kind of swirls a bit and just kind of get a sense of it. And as I was walking back, everybody started shouting at me, look out, look out. And there was a Tyler Bass field goal. He was warming up, like, that was coming right for me. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know. I, I, never, I never want to be the guy who makes the news.
0: Yeah, hit your right in the coconut or something.
3: Uh-huh, exactly, or bless my nose or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, yeah.
0: So everyone knows Vegas. The vibe down there normally yeah. is a 10 out of 10 if you go down for a visit or a weekend. Uh, what is it like there, what's it like to be in Vegas right now and right in the meat of Super Bowl week?
3: You know, I, I think what Vegas and the NFL have in common and why they're a perfect match is, like, the grandiose of it. And, and look, everybody knows the Super Bowl is just kind of overwhelming if you've ever been to one or, or – you know, I mean, I don't even have to go to the game. Just Super Bowl week is overwhelming, and everything is so big and grand. The NFL does everything that way. The combine is huge, you know. The NFL draft has mushroomed into this monster from, you know, the, the event they used to have just in Radio City Music Hall. And that's kind of what Vegas is is and you know the media party this week it was at the formula one barracks i mean it was such a big party you couldn't see from one end to the other (laughs) other end of it uh you know you had vegas style performers around there's an elvis uh performer going on all night there's a very vegas feel to everything but you know trying to measure the crescendo or the peak of these things is always very difficult on a friday morning because of course friday night saturday saturday night becomes where it kind of takes it to a whole level so we're still still waiting to see where this one's going to land
2: Dave, sticking with the Super Bowl theme, what are some of the uh, key stories you've picked up throughout the week?
3: Well, you know, I, I think the biggest the biggest storyline I think that has become is the idea that the Chiefs are sort of the underdogs. Well, they are the underdog, and they've been the underdogs three weeks in a row. I mean, you think about it. You know, Patrick Mahomes is twenty eight. He's won two MVPs. They're back at the Super Bowl. They're they're you know trying to win three in 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 four years, and all this. And yet, you know, they're, 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 here they are. The Chiefs have got to sort of overcome these doubts because the Niners are the favorites. And I think they, you know, as Mahomes said proudly on opening night, you know, I never feel like an underdog. But it just, it, it's funny because this isn't the Chiefs team of a year ago. You know, they don't hang 30 points every week. They were a middle-of-the-pack scoring team. They were a really good defensive team. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, had in the regular season, you know, among, in fact, you look at, you know, among qualified quarterbacks, the shortest average distance of target in the NFL, less than seven yards. Right, he throws the ball at or near the line of scrimmage more often than far more often than he throws it downfield. So I think it's kind of people trying to realize what the Chiefs are, what they aren't, and then trying to figure out whether that's good enough to win a Super Bowl against you know a team that I think people had their eyes on all season was one of the classes of the NFL this year, start to finish. You know, a little low in the middle of the season, and I think you know, just at the time that, that people were willing to give up or I don't say willing to give up. I feel like Brock Purdy's in this <laughs> situation where when you're a seventh round pick, when you don't have the skill set of some of the elite quarterbacks in the league, it doesn't take very long for people to say, well, see, you know, yeah. we, he he was never the right quarterback for this team. I mean, when you're picked in the seventh round two years ago, nobody expects you to be in the Super Bowl, I And mean, that's not, that's not the ascension plan for a quarterback that are drafted that way. He kind of, he, the draft, the, the depth chart has to fall down in front of you, you know, guys have to get injured, which is essentially what happens. So I I think those, those kind of story, it's hard to get away from the the storylines of the two quarterbacks, just because they come at this from such completely different roads, you know, and then, then you can flip it around the other way in the running backs, right? You look at the the, the two running backs in this game where you got McCaffrey, you know, who's the high pick, who's, you know, got the pedigree and, and all the stardom and, you know, family lineage and all that. And then you've got on the other side, you know, you've got Isaiah Pacheco, who's seventh round pick, you know, taken just before Brock Purdy. And he overtook a guy who was a first round pick in their backfield in Clyde edwards mm-hmm. uh, you know, who, who, who was supposed to be the guy for the Chiefs. So you've got a couple of, both in the running back and the quarterback position, you've got these sort of, you know, elite guys, and then these guys who have kind of come from off the map.
0: Dave Naylor from TSN with Kevin Carey. Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. You did touch on Brock Purdy a little bit, Dave. Where are you with Brock Purdy and the, the respect factor? I mean, he, his numbers and everything else better than a couple dozen quarterbacks in the league, but still just no respect. Uh, what do you make of that kind of angle going into Sunday?
3: Well, I, I, you know, quarterbacks are, are always fascinating debate topics because people talk about them. And I'm going to steal this line because I, I once had a chance to interview Archie Manning. And he, he used a line that I use over and over and over. since He said, you know, they're not golfers and they're not tennis stars. They're not – this is not a solo sport. <laughs> you, you know, you – you and, that, and, and I think that's where, like, in the case of a Mahomes – I mean, people would look at him statistically and say, well, this is the worst year of his NFL career. But if you actually look at what he's had to do and adjust the way he's had to play and had to deal with some of the limitations of, of the players around him, you can make the argument that it's been his best season, even though it doesn't show up in the numbers. And in the case of Brock Purdy, you know, I, th- I think you have this sense that he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with a good team around him. And it's almost like you know, his job is to not screw it up. As opposed to a guy who you know rises the, 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 the talent around him rises because of his presence, I mean that's just I think that's that's the thing, so it's always been like you could almost look at this season and say, Patrick Mahomes is great, but is the team around him good enough to win a Super Bowl this season and with san francisco it's almost the opposite. Well, this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl, but you know, can the can a guy who was the last pick of the draft, you know, rise his level to justify being the quarterback of this team? And I, I have no doubt at all that if San Francisco loses and Brock Purdy doesn't, you know, glorify himself in that game, immediately there will be a conversation this offseason about whether the Niners need to look for another quarterback. And I think you, you know, guys, will battle that for a while. And. And I think that's, yeah, that's still even, even as remarkably as he played in the second half of that game against Detroit. I mean, doing things that, you know, maybe we don't think of Brock Purdy doing, like, you know, tucking the ball and, and running it in situations like that. I still think there's that skepticism about him and that the idea that, you know, he, he's more the product of his team or his system or his head coach, you know, than he is a frontline starting quarterback, even though he was in the MVP debate or conversation for most of this year.
2: We're talking all things football, NFL, CFL with Dave Naylor from TSN. Now, Dave, let's shift this conversation uh, a little more to my backyard here. <laughs> mm-hmm. With the CFL offseason, were you, um, I, I don't want to say surprised, but Brady Oliveira left some money on the table from a couple of different organizations to sign back in Winnipeg. Was, were you expecting that?
3: No, I wasn't. And it's funny, you know, we've watched the Bombers keep the band together really since 2019, and there have been a few exceptions here and there, but we've definitely seen more continuity for from from them over, I'd say, now five years than we have from most teams that, that reach, you know, win a great cup. And, well, I mean, Toronto would be a good example of what happened there this year and, and you know, the economics really, you know, breaking that team apart. And I thought this was the year that Winnipeg was really going to have to deal with that. And and I I honestly if you if you asked me a week ago, I thought there was a chance they could sign Dalton Schoen. I thought there was very little chance they'd sign Brady Oliver. And I honestly I don't think the Bombers knew they were getting both back until, you know, maybe you know, the morning this week when those deals happened. I'm trying to remember what day that was. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you know, I every you know, in conversations with with you know, people in Winnipeg that there was a sense that they were I want to say they assumed they were losing those guys, but they were preparing to deal with losing those guys. It was not just a, Hey, these deals are done. Let's wait till Wednesday and announce them. No, this came down to the wire for both of them. And I think ultimately for both guys, there was just the notion of don't screw with happy, you know, like, (laughs) like how are things being like, you know, I look at a guy like Dalton Schoen, right? He's, he's a, he's a walk on at Kansas state. He gets a look in the NFL. He comes to Canada, And one of the funny lines I remember him saying to me one time was talking about a third of the way through his first CFL season. He talked about the first time he looked into the crowd and saw somebody wearing his jersey who was, quote, not a member of my family. (laughs) Which was was kind of this moment for him, right? Things have gone incredibly well for him. You know, leading receiver in the league, leading touchdown in the league. You know, last year he's top right up again among the league leaders all year, and that's with an injury happening at the end of the season things really couldn't have been much better for Dalton Schoen in the Canadian football league. And, and I think ultimately came to it is like, am I really going to move and try to go somewhere else where it's going to be better than it's been for me in Winnipeg for a little more money. And same thing, I think with Brady Oliveira, I think that's what it came to. I think there was a big, big push, you know, to from, from both at the team level. I think, you know, certainly Zach Caleros would have got in on the conversation, I think about Dalton Schoen and, and in Brady Oliveira's case, you know, Winnipeg kid, that's the other thing I think CFL players have to think about. It. Even guys that are at the top of the pay scale, like Brady Oliveira, who's you know, going to be over 200000 for a running back, which is great running back money in the CFL. Mm. But you've also got to think about, okay, w- what does this do for me? Uh, you know, they, A lot of veteran football players will say, you know, use the game. Don't let the game use you. And for Brady Oliveira, who's a Winnipeg kid, who's established himself you know, now as a frontline Blue Bomber star, I mean, when you start to talk about, you know, leaning into things off the field, or maybe even leaning into things in your post-football career, which I'm sure Brady Olivera isn't kind of thinking fully about quite yet, but it's about it's about your brand. It's about your awareness about what you mean in that market, and, you know, where else is Brady Olivera going to maximize his presence, like in his hometown where he's already a star, so... Mm. I think those were good career decisions for those guys. I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see more continuity in the Canadian Football League. And I think we're all now kind of intrigued about okay, can the Bombers rule the West again? Because that that is we have not seen something like this in a long, long time in this league.
2: No, you're absolutely right, Dave. What about Matthew Betts? Where do you think he lands?
3: I think it's going to be Hamilton or BC. Hmm. And and I you know I, I, I that's that one. It's surprising to see a guy who's going to get, I think, you know, somewhere between two hundred fifty and three hundred thousand dollars a year on the market this long. Because often, you know, we, in CFL free agency and a cap league, guys want to get a deal done while, you know before the money's there. I think both those, yeah, both those teams. I think it's pretty clear it's going to be one of those two. I guess Montreal's still a dark horse there, um, but yeah, I, I think he wants to stay in BC. But Any chance uh, Edmonton, Dave?
0: Sorry to interrupt, Dave. Any chance Edmonton, or can they afford them?
3: I don't believe so, no. Based on based on what I, my knowledge, I can't tell you You know, categorically no, but based on my knowledge, I don't believe that's a consideration at this time, no. Wow. Well,
0: so, quick pick uh, on the Super Bowl. Have you got a pick you could give us? And how about a, even a score, Dave? How about a score, too?
3: Well, some, I, I, somebody asked me one this morning, and I popped out a score, so I better be consistent. I said Kansas City, 20 to 16. And, Ooh. you know, I look, I... I was one of those people who studied the Chiefs at the end of the season. I mean, it's a team that lost, what, like three or four in December, and I don't think they scored over 20 points in, either, in any of them, you know. Um, but the, here's the weird thing about, about the Chiefs, right? All along, even if you look at the end of the season, they have the number two defense in the NFL. Okay, so that's good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know, they, they've got really good special teams, you know, field goal kicker, those kind of things, right? Okay, that's good enough to win a Super Bowl. They run the ball pretty well with Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, that's probably good enough to win a Super Bowl. So now we're down to can Patrick Mahomes throw the ball well enough for them to win a Super Bowl? Well, that, that if that's the only question you're asking about Kansas City being capable of winning a Super Bowl, then they can win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I picked against them in, in Buffalo. They didn't have a strong <laughs> feeling on that one, but I, I kind of leaned Bills. I had a very strong you know conviction that I thought Baltimore would beat them. And I thought they out-coached Baltimore. And you know, in, in football, it's always about trying to get your opponent to go away from what they do well and go to other places. And if you look at what Kansas City did in that game, I mean they what did Baltimore do all season? They run the ball and they throw it to tight ends. And they made and they forced them to go away from those things just the way the game script was and the Ravens kinda of panicked and I thought Kansas City outcoached and outplayed in that game and Mahomes was flawless in the first half. So all of that to say I am not going to pick against Kansas City for the third straight week. They're underdogs for three straight weeks in a row, which is you know, when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and you're the defending Super Bowl champion, that's not something you expect. Uh, I, I just think he's a winner, and I think they're going to win on Sunday, 20 to twenty to 14.
0: Hey, Dave, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. I know you're busy down there. Enjoy the next couple of days, if you can, a little bit in the game on Sunday. Thanks for this.
3: My pleasure. Thanks so, so much for having me, guys.
0: That's Dave Naylor from TSN, and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.com. CA when we come back it's going to be are you in or are you out have you had a chance Eddie to look at the list of the Duke and even though th- I bet the Duke was doing this in between periods of, at last night's Tropicana's game
2: his, is, so you're saying his head wasn't in the game no no I'm just I, I can tell or he's that productive no no he's he, multitasker mm-hmm.
0: is what I'm saying mm-hmm. efficient mm-hmm. multitasker yes yeah. Well, you have to be.
4: Well, what Eddie said, though, is not wrong. You know, you're talking about my game in the tropics last night. So we have the same ref a lot of the time. Obviously, it's barely. (laughs) We're going through the handshakes, of course, and you spin over and say the rest. yeah, thanks for, good game, whatever. And this guy, he's like giving the fist bumps to all our guys. Good game, good game. I come up in line, he's like, I've seen better from you.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go, Uh, Duke. So we will uh, have a little in or out uh, when we come back. Carry a steal, Sports 1440, stay with us. Ah, time just flying by on a Friday. That's great. Means the weekend's even getting mm-hmm. closer, isn't it? Eddie. Mm-hmm. The woman's name, the uh, firefighter, was Kristen from last night in Towfield. Thanks, we got the text right off the bat. Like we just haven't had time to mention it. She was the firefighter that ran into one of her uh, male counterparts uh, right around the blue line. Just a total collision and. He was a big dude. He was probably your size, anyway. <laughs> and she, she went down, got right back up. Shout out, Kristen. And thanks to everybody in Toefield uh, for having us out there. And it was great. They had uh, the pulled pork from uh, the meat packing place there. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I'll get that in a second. But Toefield Packers. It could be. To- is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I believe well, so. I'll get that for sure. Uh, um, but we forgot to kind of mention, uh, even when you have the little, we had pulled pork, and it is. Uh, Towfield Packers, yes, they brought in jerky, pepperoni, cheese, and stuff in the dressing room, and then they had the pulled pork after. But thanks to all the the firefighters in Towfield, that's who we, the Critters played last night, CFCW Critters. But more importantly, and we kind of forgot to say, you know, you know, thanks for doing what you do out in Towfield, and you know, it's a volunteer fire department, mm-hmm. so all the people there. You know, you get taken care of by people that care about the community, and that's what last night was about. Four hundred and fifty people or so, they raised uh, about uh, fifty one hundred dollars. Awesome! So, I think the Craters have raised about sixty three thousand this year, one point three some million over the course wow. of the thirty years. So, thanks to everybody in Towfield, Kristen. I hope you're feeling okay. After taking that big hit, run running into that brick wall. I'm not, I, I can't remember, and all the firefighters, you know, had their names on their jerseys, and they were all their numbers were like one three one, one three two, which was their their firefighter number, right? You know, because it's not double, it's triple digits and things like that. So hopefully, you're doing okay, Kristen, and thanks to everybody out in Towfield for hosting us uh, last night. All right, Duke, time now for Are you in
3: or are you out?
2: Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out? Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in.
0: Are you in or are you out?
2: On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing.
4: All right, Duke Letterbuck. Heading into the weekend, Evan Taylor's kicking off a back-to-back tonight in Anaheim before venturing slightly north to Los Angeles tomorrow. Uh, you mentioned earlier in the show, Kevin, Leon Dreisaitl loves a feasting on the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, so I'm saying this weekend in SoCal, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel will combine for at least nine points over the course of the two games. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at
0: my sheet here, Duke, and I believe this has been a misprint. This looks like a misprint tonight because, or today it says... Uh, this weekend it should be just tonight <laughs> <laughs> it should be just tonight against your ducks not, not gonna lie it yeah. crossed my mind <laughs> <laughs> so yes you did mention leon 38 games against the ducks including playoffs 27 goals 28 assists 55 points we all know what connor mcdavid can do it'll be interesting tomorrow with uh my friend jimmy hiller making his debut behind the bench for the la kings so what the kings will do uh tomorrow night but i'm going to go um way over on this Uh, as far as being I am in combining
2: for at least nine points I'm going to go yes sir Duke I'm with you KK I'm going to be in I say they at least get five plus points tonight alone so five of nine points tonight at least Ooh
4: I mean, what if, what if uh, so the Ducks go with uh, Lucas DeStal, uh, noted uh, <laughs> yes. Edmonton Euler stalwart stopper? I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. I wouldn't either, yeah. uh, to be honest. And this is, uh, like you said, the Kings' first game back. This is the Ducks' first game back yeah. uh, coming out of the break tonight, too. So like we talked about the Vegas game, little rust, little maybe faster and looser. And we've said it 100 times, this Ducks team is not very good. <laughs> But they're
0: better than I thought that they were.
4: How's that Well, they, that they started the season yeah. so well and surprising yeah. a lot of people and Frank Fertrano's uh, goal scoring, people, but, right? a, but, ev- but eventually, you know, we regressed yeah. to where we actually expect them to be. And so <laughs> it's funny because they aren't as good as they were at the start of the year, but they also aren't as bad as we've seen at certain points of the time because they got... A pretty good Hmm. stable of young players. And uh, Jason Strudwick, I think, will be keeping extra close tabs on the play of Adam Henrique because that is (laughs) a name Struddy has circled as wanting to bring into the fold here in Edmonton. Uh, Moving our focus to the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, Lots of storylines, of course, everything from Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey uh, to Shanahan and McCaffrey, both their fathers winning a Super Bowl together. You name it down the list. Uh, But I'm going to start with the two running backs. And I think Isaiah Pacheco will outpace Christian McCaffrey in rushing yards. On Sunday,
2: Go ahead, expert. I will be out on that. The reason I'm out is solely for the fact that rushing is just more a part of the San Francisco DNA. And I think that they're just going to force feed that to McCaffrey in many different ways, inside, outside pitches. So I think he'll have more yards. I like the question where it's rushing
0: yards because the passing yardage for both backs can come into big play here. But I'm going to go, I'm in on this one. I will say I am in on Pacheco, outrushing CMC. I don't know if he'll gain more total yards when you combine the two. But I'm going to go, I'm in on Isaiah Pacheco, outpacing CMC and rushing yards on Sunday. Duke, you obviously the, the, believe that. The Niners. What is the overrun? Is it 75 and a half for Pacheco? No. Uh,
4: I haven't found any actual lines for the points uh, points yet, but that's just the one book I checked, yeah. so I'm sure it is out there. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. It's it's funny, because this Niners D, you look at the names on it, and everyone assumes that their defense is very, very good. And it's good, but it's actually not as good as the Chiefs defense. And they're very poor against the run, which is surprising with the defensive front they have. I said it against the Lions. I was like, I think the Lions are going to run all over them. And they kind of did until all of a sudden their game plan changed, and then they were chasing the game, et cetera. So uh, I think Pacheco is... Probably one of, if not maybe, the most underrated player in the NFL this season, mm-hmm. and that's saying something because he has got a lot of credit for this Chiefs team, where nobody could catch a ball for good stretches of the of the season. So uh, I'm also uh, this can lead into the next uh, or two questions from now about MVP on Sunday. But I'm a I'm a big Isaiah Pacheco fan. I think he's going to have a monster day for the, the Chiefs.
0: The over under on his rushing attempts, I believe, is 15 and a half, which would lead you to believe that he's going to they're going to give him the ball a lot. So. Yeah
4: and you know what I actually think I might take the over on that yeah. I, I, I think he is going to get the ball a ton and they're going to uh, hit these uh, the Niners defense in the mouth because the the Niners secondary has got some game breakers back there and when you look at the lack of receiving options for the Chiefs even if they get down as long as it's not by a lot early I think they're going to stick to the game plan and uh, run the ball a ton and then use uh, both I think Jarek McKinnon is expected to be back so between him and uh, Edwards alaire out of the backfield catching the ball too I think it should make for a pretty dynamic uh, offense for the Chiefs which is surprising because it hasn't really been their uh, M.O. so far this season. Number three should Patrick Mahomes win on Sunday he will slide into the number two spot behind Tom Brady on the list of greatest quarterbacks of all time. So are we just talking about
0: like playoffs kind of thing here
4: that's well i mean hey that's up to your own interpretation of what the the goat the, the goat is for you and i did lo- limit this to just quarterbacks because people have their uh, opinions on the likes of jerry rice and barry sanders and company um even with some shorter careers in the case of uh, barry sanders so i'm just saying quarterbacks the goat the goat quarterbacks i still think tom brady is standing alone at number one with the amount of super bowl victories But if he wins on Sunday, Mahomes already at whatever the age of 28 uh, will slide into the number two spot. Mm,
0: Boy, that's a tough one.
4: That is a tough one.
2: Um, It's easy for me. It is, okay. I'm in. Okay, I'm in. Three Super Bowls, that would mean he has on the resume. He's got all the passing stats to back it up. He's not just a, a passenger on this train as a quarterback. He has the age to continue to win. He's only 28 years old. Uh, the next winningest quarterback uh, for Super Bowls is what Terry Bradshaw with four, but he wasn't the elite passer no. that Patrick Mahomes is. So this is a no brainer to me.
0: Uh, I don't have off the top of my head how many quarter, or how many Super Bowl wins Joe Montana has. Is it three, four, three, or three or four? four.
2: Yeah, 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 right in there. Yeah.
0: Okay, well then I'm going to be out on this one. I'll still keep Montana at number two because I'm going to go with Super Bowl wins, and that's to me the ultimate thing. Mm. So even though Bradshaw, as you say, has the four. But I'm going to go, I'm out on this one only because he's just behind Joe Montana. If you do this question in two years, we'll probably say he's number two. And if you do it in another four or five years, he could be number
4: one. So let's let's just pretend and run an assumption <laughs> that he does, uh, the Chiefs win on Sunday, yeah. Mahomes has three to his name. Is it possible that he can catch Brady? Because we've already seen the Chiefs win in a a bunch of different ways, different types of teams, uh, which Brady also did over the course of his career. Of course, the defense playing a big role. They didn't win when their offense was the the best in the NFL in 07. Is it possible for Patrick Mahomes to win six or seven Super Bowls?
0: I answered this question to you when you asked me this two months ago, Hmm. and I answered it. Well, I'm not sure, only in the sense because of Travis Kelsey. They would have to totally change their offense or find a tight end that is going to be just as good as as Kelsey has been because that dynamic has led them, has been the main reason that they've had playoff success, the two of them, you know, to get to the Super Bowl to win Super Bowl. So unless they can get someone like that, because let's – Kelsey's got what? One
2: or two more good years? Tops. tops. You know, so, But Mahomes not just a, a jag in the words of Steve Smith, the receiver, just a guy. <laughs> he's not. He's a quarterback. He's that the guy. He makes people better. Mm-hmm. So yes, as much as Kelsey and the chemistry has been awesome and a reason for their success, they're going to draft someone. They'll plug and play people. Look at Rice now. Uh, Sherrod Rice, he's going to yeah. turn into his next number one guy in the future. So When you have a guy that can throw receivers open, make every throw, uh, and just is a magician with that ball in his hand, uh, it's something to be
4: said for it. Yep. Number four, and I uh, somewhat alluded to this a few moments ago, this Sunday the Super Bowl MVP will not be awarded to one of the two teams' quarterbacks.
0: I'm out on this. I think it's going to be either Purdy or Mahomes, one of the two of them. I would say the percentage, I don't know what it is, but it always seems to be a quarterback. So just kind of stay with the stay with the numbers, stay with the percentages, and I'll go. So I'm out on this one saying uh, it will. I'm in. It will not. You're you're out. I'm out. You're out. It okay. will not be a quarterback. Yeah.
2: I'm going to be in on okay. this, actually. Ooh. And I'm going to sound just like a, a bias plug here. But I'm going to say it's going to be a defensive lineman, either Chris Jones or Nick Bosa. Wow. In the Super Bowls, history shows that when you can pressure a quarterback, you throw him off this game uh, and have success defensively, you get sacks, you get pressures, that team's going to have success. And if Nick Bosa shows up or Chris Jones shows up with a monster game, a two sack game, you know, you get all types of pressure, a couple of TFLs, that guy is going to be a game wrecker and one of those guys will be the MVP.
0: I think we need to get Edgar in from Bonton Bakery. Eddie's sugar level is (laughs) low. He's not taking straight. Edgar, drop some snacks off from Bonton. I
2: need a a raspberry cruffin stat.
4: Uh, Current odds, uh, according to ESPN, on the Super Bowl MVP. uh, Mahomes, plus 130. Brock Purdy, plus 225. And then your two guys, uh, Nick Bosa and Chris Jones, going off at plus 8,000. So uh, I wouldn't mind. uh, What's my favorite expression, Kevin? The sprinkle. I wouldn't mind sprinkling. uh, (laughs) If if I depend one of those two guys I would think Chris Jones more likely of Bosa because uh, the Chiefs O-line has been incredible this playoffs mm-hmm. they didn't give up a sack until the second half against the Ravens yeah. who have a pretty good defense of their own um, but then I mean hey Debo Samuel plus 2,000 uh, CMC plus 450 and the guy I said Isaiah Pacheco plus yeah. 3,000 as well so some interesting names to, uh, to include in the mix for MVP on Sunday mm-hmm. but off the field MVP matters just as much at your uh, Super Bowl party wherever you might be watching the game whether it's at the Canadian Brew House uh, first round or from the comfort of your home of the standard Super Bowl food spread options the best and my favorite is the buffalo chicken dip hmm. ooh yeah.
2: ooh God, I, I like the dip but i'm out how is a dip the dip. best
4: keeps you keep keeps your hands clean yeah, double spread.
2: dipping too, Duke? Oh, I'm, all, I'm all.
4: Well the nice thing is cuz you get a little scoop on your plate then you can double dip as much as you want you're not out of the the right right out of the crock yeah. pot
2: Easy Timmy I love Timmy. the dip but if your dip <laughs> is the MVP of your your spread ah you're doing something wrong in my opinion I would put nachos above it sliders above it wings above it shrimp above it All that stuff matters, not what you dip it into. Hmm.
0: But if you want to go off the board a little bit, anything? But as an MVP? MVP. You know, sometimes... I, I'm just kind of thinking about dipping that seven layered bean dip you know very good very very good with the with the nacho chips as what are, all.
4: You, are you guys uh i i think it goes by different names but i my mother always called it's called surprise spread where it's like uh the imitation crab sour cream mm-hmm. cheese some Ooh. stuff like that all uh sea, uh seafood sauce all mixed in there i i'm like a, not a seafood guy but i mean it's imitation crab it's not even real mm. seafood so no, it's i think not, that's yeah. all right
0: and just to kind of stay on the topic, after, you know, the Super Bowl thing, you got to have some tasty treats, right? Yep. So how about a little something from Bonton?
4: Ooh. Hey? That, that could take a Super Bowl uh, spread to the next level if yes. you show up with a, a nice uh, spread of Bonton treats. Now we're talking. So You just said just those raspberry kind of, cruffins, Eddie? I had yeah. one after you guys left the studio last week. Buddy. Oh, my God. That was unbelievable. See, and I I, Ooh, I, had saved three.
0: This, I saved this liner for the end because I saw this and I went, you know what? Eddie Steele is brought to you by Bonton Bakery. So, if you are having some people over for the big game. What was that? Holy
4: cow. Was that someone blowing their nose or someone uh, bringing an elephant into this K97 Holy cow. studios this morning? The, the fire alarm just went off in here. <laughs> if you're having friends over to
0: watch the big game on Sunday and you're looking for a little tasty little treat to finish up everything that you've had out for the big spread, go to Bonton Bakery. They got everything you need. Order online at bontonbakery.ca. Of course, uh, Eddie Steele brought to you by Bonton Bakery. So. You're a pros pro man. I I saw that. You know, I want. Let's just slide that in because you know we have to do the Eddie liner and that was good. And I saw you know the fact about it was food and little tasty treat, man. So, uh, are you going to have a big spread out? Like, do you put a?
2: Yeah, typically there'll be a big spread. I think we're going over to some friends' houses, so uh, I don't know if we have to bring anything or just bring the appetite. I'd like to bring something though. Jordan goes also the uh, cheese, sausage,
0: cracker, and pickle platter. Ukrainian charcuterie Mm. big fan yeah Yeah, that's nice we had that last night in the room of course. <laughs>
4: in tofield uh, as, as soon as you head uh, east of Edmonton, I mean, it's all over Alberta, but uh, sure. out into the east country for sure, you don't have to find uh, go very far to find a nice Ukrainian uh, charcuterie we were, right, we
0: were right behind the garlic curtain last <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, well, Eddie, thanks, big fella, for sliding in again two hours. Just <laughs> guys, fun morning
2: by, as yeah. always. It's a blast. So you're going... For Super Bowl pick and score. I am going for San Francisco 49ers to win. Uh, the score will be 24-21. Tight one. Wow. Tight one. Very tight one.
0: All right, have a great weekend. Anything else on tap? Any- nah, just same old, same. Rock and roll. Another rock day. Roll, another yeah. day. The whole rock and roll kind of thing for Eddie. Have a great weekend, big All right, boys, Thanks have a coming. good finish. That's Eddie Steele, our co-host from 7 to 9 on Sports 1440. Top of the hour. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys knew about this this week, but Mark Spector's been on at 9 o'clock uh, this week from SoCal. That's where he will be uh, coming in from this morning. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts and treatments were designed for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is The Duke.